Culture Wars with Giles Hardy and Dom Knight. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We've a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. We're in a car. Yeah, this episode of Culture Wars. Don't, aren't we, this Charles? episode is called Culture Wars with Giles Hardy and Dom Knight. Oh, man. Yeah, yep. we went there. It is a quarter to three in the morning. We've just come out of Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the spin-off. The question is, is it any good? We are here. We have a coin. We have opinions. We have attitudes, Giles. Uh, the first question is, how far will we go? Well, look, I, I've got this theory that we will have a very brief conversation, uh, you know, sort of the 30-second the pitch for either side, based yep. on whoever gets the coin, where we won't spoil anything. No, no, um, just very yeah. broad brush. Yeah, and then we'll get, let you press pause or, you know, throw your phone away or do whatever you do, uh, and then we'll go into this properly. Yeah, and look, you can just barrel straight on with it and uh, perhaps come back to us if, if you do see it um, or just don't really care about the details how being spoiled. How you consume Star Wars and how you consume your, to you. your podcasts is really up to you. We can't control that. Giles, I have a coin here. Congratulations. Show off, just because you've it's got money. It's a $2 coin, yeah. This is going to go badly. $2 order. coins notoriously never land well. All right. Um, okay. I don't even know where to... We're literally in a car here. Yeah. I don't even know yeah. where to... One second. I'll, okay, I, you've I, got two I hands. hands I'm, I'm, so. I'm holding the microphone yeah. awkwardly. I'm going to try this. Between so. us. Okay. Call it. Uh, I call heads. It's tails. It's tails. You choose. Don. People should see oh, yeah. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. You're doing it to me. Of Giles. course I'm doing it to you. Oh, Giles. You're, you're as implacable as, as Lord Vader himself. <laughs> Thank you. All right. What's the film about? Get on. Okay, broad so brush, broad that, brush. Yeah, the, the, the broad brush, uh, you know, and this is the spoiler-free version. Essentially, what, what you see, even in the basics of the trailers, is this is the essentially the story that sets up the events of the very first Star Wars film that ever arrived. Uh, we meet a, a young character named Jyn Erso, uh, played by Felicity Jones. She is central to the uh, capturing of the Death Star plans, uh, and she we the, the, we go on the adventure with her as as those plans. And and it is inherently not a spoiler. Those plans wind up where they were at the beginning of Star Wars. A New Hope. Yes, problem one, you know how this film ends. It yeah. ends and A New Hope. I, I, I'm not even going to say exactly where this ends, but um, yeah, no. The, the, the reason this is so much fun is because it's different in a bunch of interesting ways, but it's different where it needs to be different. It has references galore, 95% of which absolutely hit home, uh, but it is its own story. Uh, and it has a really uh, well-told, self-contained story uh, that um, feels different, yet entirely belonging within the Star Wars universe. I'm going to spoil one thing, Giles. No crawl. There is no crawl in this film. And in fact, the camera, instead of panning down, as it always does in the, uh, I guess, the main series, as we, we would now call it, it pans up. 
So we're in a different place. The, the, the same theme music is, is never heard, although some of the familiar themes do appear. It is different. And what that means, Giles, given that I'm on the side of saying, uh, look, don't bother, pretty much none of your favourite characters are in this. The family saga spanning generations that we've come to love, uh, with the obvious exception of episode one, um, is, is really not on display here. Are you this t- is a, are another... You Dom, in your house, you didn't love Grand Moff Tarkin? Yeah, look, there are certainly some characters and you, here. And you didn't love the little mouse droid that on the Death Star that went... <laughs> and what was that... I don't even know what to call it. There's, there's a creature that you glimpse repeatedly throughout this film. I don't know what it is. I just know it has a very wide mouth, and that's all I know. It's. It, I, I think it's a character. I think it's actually got a name. I believe it does. You but, would... Uh, yeah, I... No, no chance. So this, this film... It hasn't got most of the things you love about the average uh, Star Wars. It's also, I think it's fair to say, a hell of a lot darker, dirtier, different from what we've seen before. It's not uh, the same space opera, but it's certainly set in the same world, Giles. So it takes us to a different place, a bunch of different planets. We see, uh, it's bizarre that in Episode 7 we once again went to a sand planet and a forest planet. This actually takes us to a beach planet. We've never seen beaches before. I, I've, I, I've actually been really looking forward to seeing the stormtroopers on the beach that had been seen in the first trailer. The first time I saw that in the first trailer, I thought it was some sort of weird parody uh, or some sort of strange short film. It's very made. Normandy World War Two. We'll but, fight them on the beaches. But 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 fight them in the Caribbean. Uh, <laughs> yes. The lesser known. We will fight them in the Caribbean. Yes. Uh, and uh, look, it was uh, the uh, look the effects work excellently. Uh, the Seeing a whole bunch of imperial uh, troops, new and old, in a in new environs works yeah, really well. Different kind. There's like this... khaki sand troops in this. Yeah, one. there's a different kind of sand trooper. We've seen sand troopers before, but oh. um, uh, you know that Tatooine place, quite sandy. It turns oh, that's out. That's true. But um, yeah, no, and there's all sorts of. Uh, we basically there. safari suit stormtroopers. Is what I'm talking. There are safari suited stormtroopers in Rogue One, people. Yeah, uh, Dom, I think you're saying you're, you're waiting for the moment where, you know, a, a stormtrooper said, Dr. Watson, I presume. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was certainly possible. But uh, no, look, there is uh, a really strong character and um, this is, yeah, it's got great characters, great story progression, and it's really fleet of foot. Though it's two, two hours and change, this is a fast film. Yeah, a lot happens. You're not really going to get to know many of the characters it's overwhelming and this is again quite clear from the trailers there's a whole new group of people here um, who we haven't seen before that's very clear from from the limited information if you have watched the trailers so many characters to try to get to know in a limited time a lot happens and i've come out of this film really quite overwhelmed by the sheer volume of what there was but i found myself just regularly just not knowing who anyone was not really understanding what their powers were or why they were different or how they were significant the force works in ways we haven't seen before and i kind of come out of it just going what what was that okay i know that the plans came out i saw how that happened i've got a lot more questions that given this is a standalone story never going to be answered i don't share those I think that's, uh, I mean, without getting into, you know, it's now into a bleak, you can't ask them and I can't answer them territory without going to spoilers. Yeah. So we'll say that we'll do with these in a moment rather than anything else. It's a somewhat, look, I've been given a somewhat futile exercise here to try to convince people that they shouldn't go and see preemptively uh, another Star Wars film, the, you know, the eighth in the series. And admittedly, uh, the, the, 
easiest, the easiest argument I would make, even if this was trash, which it is not, is you may as well see this on a big screen as soon as you can because you're sure as heck going to be hearing about it for the next month and a half. Uh, you know, your Christmas lunch or dinner or breakfast or uh, whatever your holiday tradition is is going to include some discussion of Star Wars this year. So, And yeah. every year for the foreseeable future. If you like Star Wars and spaceships and things exploding, yeah, look... This film has those things, Charles. Yeah. I have to concede that. And uh, of coming from a huge Star Wars nerd, uh, this is just a spectacular addition to the fold. Uh, a wonderful time for all Star Wars fans. So, uh, before we get into spoilers, I suppose, yeah, that 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 the here endeth our hot take, not particularly strongly. We didn't uh, say an awful lot about it, but we don't. Essentially, I came into this, and you did too, as with episode seven, not really knowing very much about what was mm. going on, except for the broad fact that we know what's happening and how it ends. And I have read the book that is the the catalyst you for this, are which much is called than me, aren't you? Catalyst. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I will agree with you for once on this podcast. Yes, I think there's a lot to be said for for going and seeing it without any more knowledge than than what's in the trailers, which is kind of confusing. So go off and see it, and then come back and find us here, or keep listening if you don't care. Yeah, because we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going anyway. I have to keep with the negative point of view. Now, Giles, you can reveal more, and frankly, given your increased understanding of the universe over mine, I think you're the person to talk us through in more detail of what we see, and essentially what it means and why it matters. Okay, so the the potted uh, plot summary uh, is that we get a cold open. Uh, this is the biggest uh, change for me. I know you were talking about the p- camera panning and the... Uh, no, the, scroll, the, leave the scroll. No, scroll. But, but a cold open in Star Wars is just... Uh, it, it's weird. I mean, Star Wars begins with the, the horns. Uh, and, mm. yeah, they didn't They're come still until... still a Star Destroyer, though. They didn't come until the credits. But, uh, yeah, so we get a cold open, which is essentially a prologue. Uh, we see a young Jin Erso uh, witness her parents... Uh, taken by Orson Krennic, uh, played by Australia's Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, he Mendo. is he is a uh, he he we know or we we soon learn is the man responsible for uh, constructing the Death Star. He has been bringing various minds and resources together. Uh, one of those minds is Jin's father. Yes, the Yern Utsen, really, of the Death Star. Uh, I'm not even going to begin to start calling anyone on the in the real world the uh, architect of the Death Star. That seems like a great way to get a lawsuit happening. But, um, yeah, no, Galen Erso, uh, played by Mads Mikkelsen, uh, is there. We also learn the fate of Jin's mother. Uh, and then we essentially, with a very brief opening uh, credit scene we get uh, we meet Jin who's in jail and for the first 10 minutes we jump from planet to planet to planet to planet as a whole bunch of characters in hyperspace uh, rapidly uh, are rapidly introduced and what we get is essentially a group put together ranging from Jin to uh, Cassian Andor and his robot K2SO voiced awesomely by Alan Tudyk I've got to (laughs) I've got to say Uh, and soon enough we uh, also meet uh, Baze Malbus uh, and Chirrut Imwe, uh, who is played He's by reading Donnie off his Yen. phone. Even uh, Giles doesn't know that. Yeah, well, I, it, couldn't, it I is, could not have done Chirrut off the top of my it head. It is overwhelming that I'm able to remember. Don't forget Forrest Whitaker as Space Pirate. I'm going to come to Forrest Whitaker as Space he's Pirate. He's the one Saul I remember Guerrero. most of all from the earlier... Early. The point is there's, there's factions in this world. It, it's a far more complicated 
uh, essentially version of the conflict that we've Indeed. seen before. There are factions. And, there are and frankly, disagreement. what what yeah, without because I'm not planning on doing a, a blow by blow by blow of the, of the plot. What happens is this little group ends up forming forming a little rebellion within the rebellion. Yeah, uh, they uh, are determined uh, to n- not just you know try and assassinate people, but to try and uh, find well, basically the the way to defeat the Death Star uh, through various means and machinations. And ultimately, uh, that means they go to the Central Imperial Database, uh, which you know they keep on a beach resort. Uh, yeah, strange which, thing. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, yeah, I suppose you've got to keep it somewhere. Uh, and uh, that is where we get the third act, which really, I think you could make a case against this film, maybe for bits and pieces from Act One and Two, but holy heck, the third act of this film. There's a server farm. Is awesome. S- server farm sitting. Uh, on a beach resort planet, protected by a shield. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 oh, and, and, and yeah, yet another shield that's got to be disabled. People. Yeah, no, no. Look, and, and I don't know if you've ever watched a World War Two film, but really there's only three or four things they can do as yeah. well. But, um, yeah, no, the, the, the big battle at the end of this is entirely different, yet obviously, you know, still playing to the same beats as the uh, battles we've seen before. I just, I was completely wrapped on that. We saw it in 3D. Um, it, Do see um, it in 3D. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was... If you're going to see it, which yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, that that's essentially the plot point. The, you know, I something I really liked was a lot of, some archival footage uh, is used in this film, as well as some computer-generated um, persona a lot of to mean that we get... Uh, various characters who we know from the original film uh, turning up. It does mean that with several of them, you know how their fate really must go. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a, a really impressive uh, trick to make this feel really like a Star Wars film whilst being an entirely different story of its own. Yeah, look, there's an awful lot to, to take in here, an awful lot of characters that essentially just sort of flit in and out of our consciousness um, and we don't get to learn much about them. I don't even know half of their names having come out of two and a bit hours in their company. I, I couldn't really, without looking at my phone, name just about any of Jin's uh, merry band of travellers. Uh, there are lots of interesting differences in this world. Um, we essentially get taken to uh, the Tibet of this um, of, of this Star Wars universe, and we see markets, we see uh, garrisons. We learn, bizarrely, that there's something called Kyber, which kept... Kept me thinking of the Kyber Pass. Kyber, Kyber, I can tell you this comes. I know this from having read the this is all from, from the books. Yeah. Kybers are the crystals that are at the heart of lightsabers. They yeah, provide yeah, the power yeah. source so for lightsabers. It's a fuel, uh, and they are the and they are the, st- the also the energy source for the Death Stars. Was a la- l- super laser. Little bit worried about we're heading into more metachlorine. I was about to. No. I'm really pleased that I know that from the book, but the film just went with does it matter? And the short answer is for the purpose of the film, no. So, in essence, what we're doing is spending a lot of time on a quest to which we already know the answer with characters we've never really met before, see very briefly, and then just as we're getting to know them, a whole bunch of other rebels turn up en masse, and it becomes even more confusing. Now, look, okay. War is chaos, Don. War, war is, is chaos. chaos. And that is, some, that is something that's certainly different from the previous Star Wars films, which tend to, and this includes Episode Seven. there's a band of about three or four of absolute favourites from the same family somehow going into a world where there are millions of people and thousands of planets and affecting the outcome dramatically with sort of one or two people and a pivotal moment. That always seems a bit ridiculous. This film isn't like that. 
but it makes you realise why they do make the other Star Wars, Star Wars, why they do make the other Star Wars films in that way. Because it's a lot easier to follow if you've only got a couple of goodies and a couple of baddies. Um, you know what you're doing, and this film—it's probably its biggest weakness—is that it's in. And this sounds weird, given it's a space opera. It's more realistic, and that's a strength in some regards. But it makes it really confusing. I think what they're doing there is they're relying on the fact that it, there are very few people who are going to decide Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is the first Star Wars thing that they should consume. And you but, know, you do have in this film. You've already mentioned. Yeah, we've discussed the fact that Mon Mothma turns up in this. The fact that uh, Grand Moff Tarkin turns up in this. The fact that yeah, Bail Darth Organa's Vader, there. Bail yeah. Organa, and and none of these people are introduced. And I think that's because this film is assuming that as the eighth film uh, in the Star Wars universe, uh, in addition to you know the myriad bits of canon and non-canon and internet and uh, yeah, just basically the fact that we're all infused with Star Wars pop culture. Oh, yeah. I have a problem with that. It's the new people I don't get. There's there's ninja, there's samurai, there's. But, in, um, but actually, if you think about it, there were plenty of those sort of side characters in the original Star Wars films. We just, you know, it's like, you know, Lando Calrissian's co-pilot in the Millennium Falcon and Return of the Jedi. Can you name him? Is he the... No. Yeah, that's not up. But you, you would know. Of course. But, uh, no, yeah, but, no, but, no, but this, but is, this is a good example because we know Lando. We get to know Lando not and, well, but enough to actually get a sense of him. And with these but, but we get plenty of characters like, you know, and you then don't. you get the Ewoks who have Chief Chirper and Wicked, but we already know that they're Chief Chirper and Wicked because we bought the toys. And this is the other thing is that now some might view this as, as a good thing, but I'm on the side of bad. So I'll yeah. say this is a long, long, long way removed from the world of pod racing and the world of... Wicket and his joyful band of Ewoks. Now, Giles, you might I see that as no a, argument with that. You statement might see that as all. a good thing, but this <laughs> this film goes to a very dark, dour place. It is far more like what a real intergalactic war between a band of guerrilla rebels and uh, a, a vast military empire would be. But that means that a lot of the fun is leached out of much of this film. I, I'm, I must because admit, I, of the seriousness of it all. I was concerned about the fun for this factor of this film, and there is really one set of shoulders that fun gets dropped onto, and it's Alan Tudyk's as the robot K2SO. And I've got to say, the fact that K2SO is not in any other Star Wars films diminishes every other Star Wars film. I would film have loved to absence. see K2SO versus C3PO. I think that would have been a, a, a delight. I'm very and a clear brief, on who would have won. And a very brief interaction, yes. But, but I must say, the- he, he brings... He, and the thing is, that's what I really like. Getting to a... If we get, dive down for a moment, that's what I really love, is that this remembers the central premise of Star Wars is the role of those two robots in the first film. Uh, you know, they were the centre of everything, but they were also there to provide the... To be yeah, the, clowns, the yeah. clowns who were walking through this chaos, and I think with K2SO, it was a perfect um, a perfect nod to that in a much... He's a more serious and more capable uh, robot. It's sort of like he's the he's got the vocal capacity of C three PO, the uh, robotic capacity of R two D two. Marvin the paranoid android. A little bit of Marvin the paranoid yeah. android, but also he's got some serious kick ass powers that belong in manga. But he is a a great robot, and he provides that sense. And and there's a great female uh, heroine here. Uh, you know, she a really strong female protagonist. There's a there's a great sort of appropriate camaraderie rather than chemistry between the various characters. Mm. They don't get bogged down in romance or in who's whose brothers and well, sisters and fathers. they're just rushing fathers. the whole time. It's just going, going. I, I just wanted to 
reiterate that we're sitting in a car in the Broadway Shopping Centre car park looking out at the Church of Scientology. Hi, guys. There's no one there. I don't think... Arguing There's about Star Wars someone. at 3 a.m. Giles, is this yeah. a good time for me to tell you that we are not... I forgot to hit record. I'm joking. <laughs> How good would that be? It was. All right, so look, where we are... For anyone who's wondering, I'm still alive, but I'm not sure Dom's going to be for yeah. much longer. <laughs> no, we're totally rolling. Oh, that would be hilarious if I wasn't. And look, the the thing about this film, it's it's an expanded universe nerd fest, really. If you are Giles and you've read all the other books and you know all this other stuff... Congratulations! It's your time. It's your story, and that's not to say there's not. I don't stuff. think you need to have read the book. No, but but there's this is the world that we're in. It's extra detail. It's 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 the expanded world of Star Wars, and while that's interesting, it doesn't deliver the delight factor. This is not a movie. For I don't think kids. this is going for delight. Yeah, no, that's it's true. Not it's not. A, that's a really and interesting is, point about and that kids. is a, and yeah. that is a shame in a way. And as much as. You know, we're not young. We've grown up with this series, and it's, it's, it, it showed us so much we haven't seen before, but it also it didn't have the, much light along with it, an awful lot of shade. And given that, bizarrely, this is, in some respects, the least impo- important... This is, in some respects, the least important beat in the whole series, even though it matters, compared to, you know, defeating the whole empire, it's a relatively minor story. And you think, well, it, it just isn't entirely Star Wars to me. It's as though Star Wars were somehow transplanted with a proper war movie. It's re- Is that what people want to see? Well, I think it's really interesting that we can see that a lot of a lot of big fan films are doing this at the moment. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've got uh, the Harry Potter universe has now got Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is a more adult story. Yeah, this is um, the Christopher got, Nolan Batman got, of Star Wars. You've got is. Moana, which is a more adult Disney film than we're used to. And yeah, I will agree with you. This is a more adult Star Wars film. That is, of course, a contextual statement. It's hardly, I'm, I don't think we Still need to sort space of... space cons- Yeah, it is. Mm. This is a short story for adults set within the space opera universe it's it's far less operatic it is um it is it is an arc that it, you know it's a really interesting smaller story uh, and without wanting to spoil things the, the body count here is really extraordinary it's very violent it's much more violent than anything we've seen before i mean the the original well, Star the stormtroopers learned to aim the stormtroopers missed because you know in the first films because it was narratively convenient. We all know that. Yeah, yeah. Here it is. You know there is no need for that because we're dealing with much bigger numbers on both sides at times. You you can see genuine hurts and and it's you know it is a an intense. It's Gallipoli. Film. This is Star Wars, a Gallipoli story with less blood because wounds are cauterized by lasers. <laughs> yeah, that's always been a convenient line for them, hasn't it? So look, other other problems with it. Look. It's it's also a thing that it's a thing that's been showcased with um, photos of the premiere, even though the the central character Jin is is uh, is female. This is a very male film. It's very strange when the band of rebels gets together and there's not a single woman other than uh, Mon Mothma. Yeah, so and, the leader and yeah and another and, and, and the other senator and there's an there's one or two other characters who who won't spoil, but. You get glimpses of other women. It's a bizarrely blokey film, and again, this is probably what war would have been like. But it's just strange that that in 2016 you have a film with so few uh, female um, protagonists. Was there a a rule in the empire of um, women don't serve? Look, uh, you can either say that you get so few films with female protagonists, or you can say the last two films have had female protagonists, and the first one was made, you know, in the 70s. So I think that you know they they can only 
uh, increase the ratio of female protagonists one film at a time. I'm not sure how many protagonists you want to have but in for each this film. One, yeah, no, but you can only have one, you can really only have one protagonist. That, that, is, that, is, that is actually the, the central okay, concept. What I'm drama. trying to get at is you know of the central there heroic should, there group. Could, there could be more female characters, but as you say, there's also you know, and so unfortunately, male. You know, the, without getting into too much gender politics, you can you can mentally justify that. But I think that it's is a weird look. Ethnically diverse, like never before. Big ups for that, but yeah, we More see ladies, we please. see fem- we see female star pa- starfighter pilots. I I think they've made a real effort to to up the the ante on the gender representation. Surely, young Han Solo, his next uh, he's the next Star Wars. He's he going to have a lot it. of ladies in his life. There's got to be a chance, and uh, particularly when you know that young Lando Calrissian is going to be around as well. I'm sure that uh, those two uh, smugglers will be. Um, oh, bringing those in bad boys, indeed. But look, uh, my 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 final thoughts on this are: I I just I really enjoyed the the yeah. I've, I've talked of the battle. I've talked of the characters. Um, I I like the journey of Jin. There is a a nice journey that um that our protagonist, just the one dear, uh, is taken on, uh, and I think she is um she's given a one, anyway yeah. yeah, but uh, for the for the most for more often than not, uh, there is just the one, and uh, the and our protagonist here is uh is very much given a, a really great journey. Charles Hardy's narrative theory class at three AM. Fair point. Um yeah, look. It's not Star Wars. This it's semi Star Wars. It's Star Wars ish. It's Star Wars does violence, does dark, does dirty, um, like never before. It's it's of interest. Fans will love it, but it it doesn't capture to me the spirit of what's gone before. And I think that that is the biggest flaw that you can say about about Rogue One. Can I take my Stormtrooper helmet off now, Giles? You can indeed. I think there's a very good case that this is the best in the entire series. Wow. So you you like the fact that it's stepped away from... Yeah. Uh, Not... Look, when I first saw the Star Wars films, I was a kid. They were wonderful. But given It's time for you to put away childish things. Yeah, given that they're supposed to be showing uh, a fight to the death with an enemy that that vaporises planets, it's always been bizarre that anything we saw up close, all the violence and conflict, was just... Really, very, very minor and quite safe. Yeah, and but I, this is the real deal. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that part. I don't know that it qualifies as. In many ways, you just can't replace the original Star Wars. Yeah, it, uh, it, but there's but no critical distance. It's all. It's almost. Uh, it's a impossible really interesting to compare. It's, I, I really like the differences here. That said, uh, in terms of differences, the one criticism I'll raise you you didn't, you didn't bring up was uh, with Grand Moff Tarkin and with one other, or maybe one or two, but certainly one other character, the digital recreation does, it's an uncanny valley scenario, you are broken out of the film a fraction at times, because uh, it's it's a bit, uh, you know, you, you, your, your brain starts screaming, your hind brain starts screaming at you that pixels are talking to you. Yeah, i I got to say, I mean, it did remind me a little bit of The Fast and the Furious. I was, um, I was on Tron, Le- Tron Legacy for me. Where they're constantly, you're just kind of going, oh gosh, this is one where they've yeah. had to... to but I think you've got to have Tarkin in this film. It doesn't make sense. Tarkin's brilliant in this. He's, it's a character it very works. well used. It really works. Um, so I didn't yeah. have a problem with that. I think under the circumstances, otherwise you either don't have him or you have that weird thing where he's shot from behind. Oh, look, there's Tarkin. Look me in the eye, Tarkin. No, I don't want to. I'm disappointed yeah. in you. No. But uh, I think no, it's okay. there is there is some uh, really nice references to the original films. There's a lot of lines. And some of the... Um, 
yeah, they have genuinely lifted uh, footage from the very first film uh, with a couple of the Starfighter pilots, uh, and I just think that was a really nice touch. It's because very seamlessly done. Special and, effects are just extraordinary. But also they're done to match. There's a lot mm. of effort made to make this feel that it's technologically set at exactly the same time yeah, as the first Star Wars film. So, it's really so there's funny. some really shit green <laughs> you know, monitors going on on yeah, some computers. Yeah, when, when the, the shield plans get transferred, you get authentic... 1977 computer graphics. 8-bit graphics, yeah. 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 Like, well, you can, you can invent a hyperspace uh, spaceship, but you can't get images that have more than one colour. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it really fits. The other thing is we see parts of the universe that I'd always kind of expected were there. It's kind of as though the the variety and, the, and the, I guess, the, the dirt, the, 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 the cantina vibe is spread out, and you get this conflict between the hyper-advanced, shiny technological civilization at the Empire versus Jeddah, the the extraordinary town that they show us, where there really is a marketplace that gives us a world that we haven't seen before. Just the extent of it. We've seen glimpses of it. Sure. But this is a full realization of what the universe is. Speaking of Jeddah, that's where we encounter Forrest Whitaker's character. Do you feel Forrest Whitaker went a little over the top in this film? Yeah, look, it wasn't a subtle characterization. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I don't hold back. You know, run, Forest, run, I think, was yeah. the instruction from the director on this one. Yeah, you just do whatever you like with it. And look, that's the thing. These are small complaints. This is a great film, people. And now it's really, really either early in the morning or late, yeah. late at night. We so. could leave this here. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that it's... The best in the series, uh, but it showed us grown-up Star Wars like never before. Yeah, but uh, yeah, do, do think, pr- do really research uh, where your kids are at before you uh, take them. I'm going to have to really rethink my six-year-old's extreme desire to see Rogue One, a Star Wars story. It's dark, but it's great. But it's awesome. Giles, it's very late. May the Force be with you all. Good night. And also with you. Good night.